You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. to continue the the series today that I started last week on I Give. And, you know, when you think about it, Christmas is a holiday with a lot of cheer and a lot of joy. Christmas is a great time of the year, right? And the reason for that is because Christ is in Christmas. And when we think about Christ and and what he's done for us, he, he comes and he restores people. That's the whole purpose of Jesus coming to this earth is to restore a broken relationship that we have with God the Father. Last week I talked about the importance of families and and how families matter to God and families need to be welcomed. They need to be, uh, when, when families are welcomed, just where they're at, don't even worry about changing a thing but just welcome them where they're at because that's how God does it, then families begin to be restored. And then when families are restored, they're restored through a foundation that is placed that is solid. It's a God-laid foundation, and they're able to begin to move forward and do the things that God has called them to do. And, and, and that is uh, so prevalent. We, we live in a society that is, that is falling apart and the, the nucleus of our society falling apart is that families are being broken. And that has, no, thank you, Jeff, that has nothing to do with, with, uh, with people. You know, we, we, we can say they're bad people, this and that. No, no. People, you know, we, we all fall short, but everyone's trying to do good things for the most part, right? I've never met with a couple when they come to, do a, uh, to get married. I've never met with someone that says, I hate this person. I hate him, but I'm going to marry him anyways. I, I hate her, but, you know, I'm going to marry her. You know, she, she drives me nuts. Now, six months later, I meet with couples, and they say, I, I don't love these pe- this person anymore, right? And, and so what you find is that, that people are, are trying, especially when they get into this relationship, but the devil is trying to destroy relationships, And so I wanted to lay that first foundation that when we give to the restoring of families, it pleases God. And I would love for you, if you you like, um, if you want to put something on our Twitter account, I just think that's so cool. Uh, You can tweet something on hashtag uh, LWCIgive. And I just like that anyways. That's why I'm saying that, you know. Some of you are like, why? Because I like it, you know. Um, so that being said, now we can move on. I want to move on today, and I want to talk about purposeful giving. Because you find in the Christmas story that there were wise men, and they were led by a star to find Jesus. Think about it, wise men, right? Another word for them is the magi. And as they were led, they, they brought gifts. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about how their gifts were very purposeful. They, they weren't just sporadic. They weren't just, you know, I'm going to go to, I'm go get whatever I can to bring this to the Messiah. They were very, very purposeful. And so I titled the message, 
this morning, 3M. Hashtag 3M. What in the world does that mean? I'm going to tell you what it means in a little bit. It has to do with three words and how we are purposeful with these three words. Just the way that the wise men were purposeful when they came to see baby Jesus. And so let's pray first of all, and then we'll go to the word, and we'll allow allow, uh, the Lord to direct us. Father, thank you for this second service. I just pray an immense blessing upon every heart and every ear. I pray, Lord, that by your spirit, that you'll just quicken us to, to have an attitude of gratitude and for us to open our hearts and our minds to the things that you have for every person here. Lord, as I have prepared this message, I, pr- I just ask that you give me clarity of mind and clarity of speech so that it will come out, Father, in a way that's going to be very understandable for every ear. And uh, it will be fertile in every heart so that people can receive it and leave out of this place with an anticipation to, to be more like Jesus. And as we find out how you are generous, Lord God, that, that we will be that in, in every aspect of our lives. More than money, Father, in every aspect that we'll be generous in our time and in our giftings to bring glory to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name and everyone said Amen. Amen. So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 2. We're going to read the first two verses there, and then we're going to skip to verses 9 through 11, and I'll be reading from the NLT, and it says there, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. Now that's important right there because there's another king there, okay? He was reigning, King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem, and they asked, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now, I left out some parts of this passage, and and what happens there is that Herod finds out about someone coming to find a king, and he, gets, he, he wants to inquire about this king as well. And we'll, we'll talk about that in, another, in, in one of the points. So the, the Bible picks up again in verse 9. And the star they had seen in the east, it guided them to Bethlehem. And it went ahead of them, and it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Everyone say joy. joy. They were filled with joy. They entered the house, and they saw the child with his mother. With his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and they gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, notice that these wise men came with gifts, and nothing deterred them from presenting the baby Jesus and worshiping him. One of the central themes that we should grab from this passage is that they came to worship him and they also presented gifts. So when we present gifts, especially at Christmas, it will always be, it should be directed of worshiping him. Amen? Because that's exactly what the wise men did. These gifts were very well thought out. They weren't sporadic. And what the Christmas story reveals to us is that Christmas is not about thoughtless spending. It should be a time when we really evaluate what is appropriate and what's important to God. Think about that. What's appropriate for this this gift that I'm giving someone and what is going to honor 
God. The gold that they brought was a symbol of divinity. The Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament, it was overlaid with gold, and it manifested the very presence of God. The gift to Jesus symbolized that he was God in the flesh. The frankincense was a beautiful fragrance. It was used in worship and burned as a pleasant offering to God. Frankincense is a symbol of holiness and righteousness. The gift of frankincense to the Christ child was symbolic of his willingness to, be, to become a sacrifice, wholly giving up himself as a burnt offering and atonement of every sinner who receives him. In the Old Testament, frankincense would be burned as they worship God, and it was a sweet-smelling aroma unto the Father. Now, when we come to Christ, we become a sweet-smelling aroma, not because of us and our sins, but because Christ has atoned for our sins. That's so special. And then there was myrrh. And myrrh was a spice that was used for embalming. It was also mixed with wine to form an article of drink. And this drink was given to our Savior when he was about to be crucified as he was on the cross. This drink was a, was a stupefying potion, and it was referred to as gall. It was very bitter and sour, and myrrh symbolized bitterness, suffering, and affliction. The baby Jesus would grow to suffer greatly as a man. And he would pay the ultimate price when he gave his life on the cross for all who would believe in him. It wasn't sweet tasting to him. It was sour and bitter. But to us, we can come to God Almighty because of what Jesus has done. Every one of these gifts was, was well thought out and very purposeful for a Savior that would redeem mankind. Have you, any, anyone in here, have you ever contemplated on the gifts that you're going to buy for someone? I, I mentioned last week that at the Reese home, we, we, we now, which is I like it, we draw names. The only thing I think we, next year we should probably put two of my name in the, in the hat. <laughs> but we draw names, and, and when you draw the person in your family, you begin to think about their personality, about what, they're, what they need, and all these different things, and then you begin to contemplate and buy them a present that they're going to open up on Christmas Day, and they're going to say, this is exactly what I wanted. Have you ever opened up a present and thought to yourself, but you didn't say it out loud, what in the world am I going to do with this? <laughs> I love it. Right? So purposeful, very well thought out, and, and that's exactly what these, these wise men did. There is something about purposeful giving. And for today's message, it's about 3M and a 3M app, which stands for three purposes that derive from the, from the Christ of the Christmas story. So I want to talk about three features that we find from, from, from the Christmas story and from Christ. The first purpose is missions. Missions. When we think about generosity, let's think missions. The wise men, they were on a mission. And the mission that God had given them, they were not going to allow King Herod or any other thing to prevent them from getting to where they were going. He guided them by a star. 
And the Bible says this about King Herod, because when he found out, he was not happy. The Bible says King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as, as was everyone in Jerusalem. And he called the meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law, and he asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? So, so he, this is so huge, if you, if you think about it. He called the meeting of the religious leaders, so the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, tell me. Where is the Messiah to be born? Now, all this news is going on because these magis have come and said, we see the star of the, of the, of the, the king of the Jews. Now, he draws and he calls these, these, these religious leaders, and they don't have a clue of all the news that's going on, and they say he's going to be born in Bethlehem. That's what, the, that's what Micah 5.2 says. So that's the first meeting. The second meeting, he has a, it says in, in, uh, in verse 7 and 8, Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. Now he was trying to deceive them because he didn't want no other king to be around. Amen? We find that out when you read the Christmas story. Herod wanted to find the Christ child so that he could kill him. But Christ is God in the flesh. He's Emmanuel, God with us. You cannot kill the Almighty. You see, we don't have Herod today. But we still have people all around us that are trying to kill Christmas. There is still a spirit that's trying to kill the message of the Christ child. But it will never happen because God is not dead. God is alive and well. The message of the Christ child is alive and well. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father and he's there in might and power. And while everywhere around us we hear from secular forces or from being political and having the, uh, the right political uh, mentality that, that you can't say Christmas anymore, the season will die without Christ. And so we grab a hold of that truth and we, we grab a hold of the fact that God's mission is very purposeful. Not only did God lead the wise men to the Messiah, but have you ever thought about this? As he led them, and the wise men, it doesn't say that there's three wise men. Amen? Magi's never traveled in threes. They always traveled in eight to twelve. And so these wise men brought many, many gifts. These magi brought many gifts, frankincense, gold. But one of the things that stands out to me is that not only did they travel a long ways, God protected their gifts from being stolen or lost. It helps us to grab a hold of the fact that we are also going to be protected with the mission of the living God. Amen? Let's think about missions. God's mission is not only for Christmas. But Christmas is a wonderful springboard because hearts are open. I talked about how people are very joyful and cheerful in Christmas. Those are people that know Christ because we have a reason to celebrate. There are a lot of people during Christmas that it's their deepest, darkest time because they don't have family. 
They don't have people around them. There's an open void in their hearts. And God calls us to be mission-minded and grace-led so that we can reach as many people as we can all year long. Baby Jesus grew up. Tell someone, tell your neighbor, baby Jesus grew up. That was weak. (laughs) Tell your neighbor, baby Jesus grew up. And when he did, he gave two very important instructions. And I, I really pray that as we go through this series, that we grab a hold of how important the mission of God is to God himself. Jesus said this in, in, in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And I love the way the message puts it. It says, Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and he gave his charge. He gave his comment. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. In other words, God led me, the Father sent me, but now I have a mission for you. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I have commanded you, and I will be with you as you do this. This to this day, day after day, right up to the end of the age. So his mission is simply this. Reach as many people as you can in your lifetime and equip them to be lovers of God who will be able to overcome the world. How many of you know that the world tries to get us down? How many, how many of you know that the world tries to push you? It tries to get you depressed. It tries to do all these things with God you can overcome the world. And then he said this. This is his second instruction, which is so powerful. He said, what you'll get is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be able to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Jerusalem, all over Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the world. Someone was asking me the other day, why are you guys going to Guatemala? Why don't you guys just do uh, mission work in Oracle or, or here in, in San Manuel? Why don't you guys? I said, because it's not biblical. God calls us to do mission work both here and outside of here. Can I tell you that there will be people that will go to Guatemala, and we have an amazing, amazing team that's forming right now. We've got 12 to 15 individuals that have already said they're going to be going, and it is incredible. But let me say this. There's someone in Guatemala waiting right now for someone from Oracle to come, and you're going to say just the right thing, and they're going to receive Jesus as their Savior. It's amazing. Have you ever told someone, say you're a parent, and you've told your kids the same thing over and over and over and over again? And your uncle comes to visit or your cousin comes to visit and they say the same thing you've been saying or your aunt. And your kids go, oh, there's so much wisdom there. (laughs) Has that ever happened? It tells us something that there's a time that people are ready and we need to go out wherever God sends us so that we can make an impact for God. Here's what I know for sure. We cannot put a monetary price on a human soul. A human soul is not worth a million dollars. A human soul is not worth two million. A human soul is worth the death of the Messiah. And so there's nothing like it. So God 
He, he, he will bankrupt heaven to save the lost. He showed us this when he sent his only begotten son to come and die for sinners. Amen? Of which I am at the front of the line. Changes, changing people's lives, that's what God is all about. And he'll use little horses. And we partner. Part of our mission is monthly we give to little hooves. We give. Your generosity is making an impact. How many did they say this, this, uh, this uh, past year? Over 3,000? Your generosity has done that. He will use fellowship of Christian athletes. I got a phone call this week from the director of, of Southern Arizona. He said, Pastor, we've got a couple tables. We want you to go. Why? Because we've partnered with them for years. And, and, and so they called me. They said, we've got a couple tables for you to go to the um, Fiesta Bowl breakfast. And if you want to get up there and you'll hear the testimonies of these players and coaches who put their trust in Jesus, they don't want to be worshipped. They want to worship the Savior. Amen. But we partner with them. We, we, we uh, um, Wycliffe Bible Translators, we support Beth Merrill in Oaxaca, Mexico, and she's doing amazing work. She's translating the Bible into their language. And we partner with her every month. Um, we, uh, he'll use people like Pastor John Jackson in Detroit, Michigan. We partnered with him last year, and we support him monthly. He's in the inner city where people don't go. The cops don't even go there. And here's a preacher man there sharing the gospel and changing lives, and, and it's amazing. He, he'll use people like Dr. Hugo Gomez in Central America. He'll use people like Dr. Don Orvis with Face to Face that has led LWC for us to go internationally on missions, and he stretched us past our Jerusalem. And this is how big God is. I talked about that team and how God put it together. There was an RN that, 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 that signed up for the, for the team, and, and, and I just found out a couple days ago that someone came alongside, it wasn't even her, and paid her full way to Guatemala. You want to talk about God being in the business of changing lives? He always, always will work. All of these things make an eternal difference for the glory of Christ. And when you give purposely, you partner with God in doing his work. He doesn't need our money. He wants our hearts. And when our hearts are right, we will give the things that he's blessed us with and say, Lord, do your work and do your will and change people's lives. The second purpose that I, that I put down is maintenance. You see, the wise men, they took the necessary steps to make sure they'd finish the mission that God had given them. They made sure they'd be equipped for the long trip. The Bible says that the Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem. They traveled a long, long way. And if you've ever made a trip, you understand that you have to make sure everything is right, that you have gas in your car, that you've got uh, your luggage in the right place, that you've got different things set. You have to maintain things so that they'll function. Amen? It teaches me a lot about the ministry God has for his people. He desires for us to be purposeful, and he desires for us to be good stewards of all that he has given us. I'm pretty sure that the wise men were very detailed 
in their evaluation of the mission that God had set out for them. Well, how do you know that? Because they were wise men. Right? And wise people do that. You begin to, to make sure that, that things are set, that, that you're going to take care of what God's blessed us with. In fact, Jesus said a story. In Matthew 25, verse 14, Jesus was sharing a story, and he said, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip, and he called his servants, and he entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He entrusted the blessings to him while he was gone. Two of them took his monies and they invested them and they brought glory to him because they did more with it. One of them buried it in a hole in the ground and they did nothing with it. Can I tell you, I want for us to be the kind of people that will take God's blessing and grow them for his glory. That will do things with what he's blessed us with. Everything that we have is a gift from God. And he expects, expects us to take care of it and for it to honor him. In fact, I'm convinced that we will all give an account about how we glorify him and his blessings. All of us. And we live in a country, beloved, we are so immensely blessed. The computers that run the media are a gift from God. The soundboard that plays the songs and the messages that are preached about him are a gift from God. I went and did a wedding yesterday. And I did it in another venue. And I thought it was so cool because, you know, they were, you know, they were partying it up before I got there. And, you know, did the, did the message, I mean, did the, the ceremony. And it was a God-centered ceremony. And so they came up to me afterwards, people from the, that were in the audience, they came up and it was, the way they had it set up, it was like all the chairs were around. And so it was different than, than, than most, most places. And so they were all looking. And you could tell that some of them had never been in church. But they came up afterwards. It's amazing. This one dude with a beard about down here, I thought it was Duck Dynasty, came up. Dude. That was an awesome ceremony. I said, call him, bro. And he, and he left. And, and you see, everything can be pointed to Christ. So what I'm saying, with, 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 God, with what God has blessed us with, media, all these different things, it is a blessing from the Lord. We are, we are so blessed to have AC in the summer and heating in the winter. Baby Jesus was born in a stable but now he allows us to meet in a building. But I believe he expects us to be wise men and wise women who will take care of this house of worship so that everyone who walks through the doors can have a wonderful worship experience. We are so blessed. Because of your generosity, this past week we were able to install a a new heating unit in the live feed. And this was so cool because it was right on time because it was very, very cold this morning. And so the, the guy that installed it, the, 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 the maintenance guy, is a lead pastor of a church here in Oracle. And he does all our maintenance for us. And so what he said to me, I thought was just, way to go, Living Word Chapel. As he's installing it, he tells me, uh, we're, we're talking about, you know, the, the heating and the cooling and the ACs. And he says, I got to say this about, about you guys, is you're right on schedule with your maintenance. 
and you bring things on when they need to be brought up so you don't have a big catastrophe. And I want for us to give a hand to Janet Walker because she makes sure that we are on schedule all of the time. Yeah. She's our administrator. Can I tell you what happens when we do this? It, it allows for people to embrace the warmth of Jesus and the coolness of Jesus. You see, when you have an I give attitude, you take ownership of what God has blessed you with, and we show him how important his work is to us. From kittricity, from the vans being driven, what would happen if we wouldn't maintain the vans? We'd be left stranded somewhere. Yesterday, our yaw group was able to take our vans, and they went to Phoenix and they were able to see a drama experience of, of, of the Christmas story. And they were blessed. And it's because of your generosity, beloved. That, and it's so important that we keep maintaining and we keep taking care of things so that we can keep glorifying the Lord with it. The last point, point number three, or purpose number three, is media. The Bible says that the wise men, they saw his star in the east and they came to worship him. Amen? We must remember that the Magi were specialists of astronomy, so they knew stars better than anyone else. And this star was the Christ child star. And it added significance to the story. It pointed them to where they needed to go. And what it revealed this, what it, what it revealed to me is something, it's in the book, it's in the good book, it's in the good news that this star pointed them. It was one of the first GPS that was ever made. It teaches me that God always has a system to guide and to reach people. Because wise men are still seeking this baby. They're still seeking this Christ child. It pointed them to Jesus Christ, and it made him easier to find. Did you know that with the advances of technology, it has made it easier for people to come to Christ? Back in the 1400s, there was a person by the name of Gutenberg, and Gutenberg was an inventor, and he invented the printing press. And he thought he was just going to, you know, uh, make this, and it was going to be this, this, you know, print some books, things like that. What he'd never imagined that that printing press was going to print the Word of God to more people that had never read the Bible than ever before in their lifetimes. Another guy came across, came, came around. His name was Martin Luther. And Martin Luther got tired of the way the church was doing things, and they were doing things that were not honoring God. They were selling indulgences. They were selling things so that people could uh, get their people out of, out of this place called purgatory, and it was, it was not scriptural. And so he put up a, a thesis, a, a complaint saying, we will not do these 95 things. So what does that have to do with Gutenberg, Pastor? Let me tell you. Martin Luther said... People need to hear the message in their own language because at that time, they would go to church and they would hear the message in Latin. Even if you lived in Germany, even if you lived in England, even if you lived in Lordsburg, New Mexico, and you go and you'd hear this Latin message and you'd be like, huh? What in the world are they saying? And so Martin Luther 
He said they need to hear it in English. And he wrote the Bible in the common language, in the vernacular. And they began to print the Bibles, and it impacted people, and it made us who we are today. And then there's this other guy, and his name is Bobby Grunewald. And Bobby Grunewald was a fantastic web designer. He did, I mean, he was making millions. He was very, very well financially. And this pastor, and then Bobby Grunewald gave his heart to the Lord. And, and, and this pastor found him. And, and, and his, this pastor's name is Craig Rochelle. And Craig Rochelle uh, said, Bobby, I'd love for you to come on my team. And, I, and I'd love for you to be a part of the ministry we have here. And so Bobby joined his team. And, and Bobby came up with this app, and the app is called the YouVersion Bible app. And so he developed this app, and it, it recently won the 2014 Scripture Impact Award, and, 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 and it is so huge because most of us have the YouVersion Bible app on our, on our smartphones. In fact, 155 million devices have downloaded this Bible app. And not, oh, now that's huge, a million is huge. 155 million people are being able to read the Bible. But this Bible, I've used it here in the States. And when I've gone to Guatemala, I've gone to it in Spanish. I can go to it in Portuguese. I can go to it in Japanese. I can go to it in any kind of knees. I can even speak, speak. I can even speak to your niece. But this is what they said about it. The version now installed in more than 155 million unique devices. The Bible app is what it is today only because millions of people all over the world use it every day to engage with the Bible and with each other. Translators have dedicated much of their lives to bringing God's word to life in different languages. When someone tells me we don't need media in the, in the church. I'll tell you this. Without technology, without media, there would not be 155 million people hearing the good news. Let me tell you something else. I can send a text. I can send a comment right now to Germany. People can read scripture that I put on a Facebook page. We can use this for the glory of God. Tammy could have came up here and spoken, but it was so impactful when she showed that video presentation of that young girl that has been touched by the power of the living God through horses. Can I tell you something, beloved? Media is something we need to continue to invest in. We need to continue to pour into because God will use it for his glory. Let me just say this so that you can even grab a hold of it. God doesn't freak out with technology. He doesn't, I, I know that God doesn't say, oh my goodness, they have a smart device. In fact, because God ordains the steps of the world, God is using the smart devices to point people to him. And we need to stop letting the devil use it for his cause, and we need to keep using it for God's cause. The church today looks different than the church 10 years ago. And can I tell you, 10 years from now, the church will look different because it's progression. 
But we need to grab a hold of whatever God's doing. Let's need, we need to write. How many of you are surfers? I'm a Christian surfer, and I've never surfed before, but I'm a Christian surfer. What do I mean by that? I ride whatever wave God sends. And we've got to grab a hold of whatever he sends our way so that we can bring glory to his name. 3M. Missions. Your generosity should always be mission-minded, grace-led. Second M. Maintenance. We should always take care of what God's given us. We need to be good stewards. Those computers, that sound, these seats, we, should, we shouldn't put gum underneath the seats. So stop doing it. I know someone did that recently. Take care of our stuff, maintenance. The third one is media. You need to know, beloved, that we will continue to invest into media because it's going to help people come to Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, we want to thank you for the greatest gift known to man, Jesus Christ. He is the reason for Christmas. He is the reason for the season. And today we open up our hearts to receive him into our lives. We also desire to be generous. Not to earn brownie points with you, Lord. Not because you force us to, but because you are a generous king. And we want to be like you. Help us to see things through your perspective and to give with cheerful hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.